Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, what is up? What is up? It's your boy, Dwayne, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch. We are back in full effect with yet another episode. But yo, wait, hold on. Stop the presses. This isn't just any old episode. Yo, guys, can you believe it? This is episode 25. This is the 25th episode mark. Oh my gosh, like 25 episodes and we have already done so much with you guys, man. Thank you guys if you've been listening so far and you've been rocking with your boy. 25 straight episodes. If you're new and this is your first time listening, well, you know, take the time, listen to this episode because it's a special one and then go back and binge watch and binge listen. You know, see, I just botched when I said binge watch because you can't watch something that you listen to unless you're watching the live stream. But either way it goes, thank you guys so much for every bit of what you do, every feedback, every rating, all that good stuff, man. Just take this time, man. I just want to say thank you and make sure you go back and listen. Like I said, if you're a new listener, go ahead and check out previous episodes. We got a lot of good ones. Check out the episode with R-Truth. Check out the episode with Selena De La Renta, Maria Manic from Ring of Honor. Check them all out, man. We had some great episodes in full effect. So by all means, welcome to episode number 25 and that's 25 for my spanish listeners out there yeah you think i do some spanish out there oh yeah me can do that too but without further ado man let's go ahead and just jump right into it i got a very 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 special guest right in time for episode 25 so check this out this gentleman here is a man of many 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 impressive accolades i mean gosh like how can we do this? We're going to have to introduce this in a very, very ring announcer kind of style or something. Let me see. How can we do this thing? <clears throat> he is your favorite pro wrestler's favorite filmmaker, creator of kind punk films, director, filmmaker with AEW, DDP Yoga, the most awesome rock band in the country known as Fozzie, the Cherry Bombs, and the Odles. I hope I didn't botch y'all name, guys. I'm sorry if I did, but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome my special guest on today, Nathan Murray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most exciting intro I've ever got. Yeah. Hey, Hell man, of an listen, intro. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, they people tell me on this show so far. That's that's what I'm known to do. I, I call me the intro guy, man. I don't know. I just I have a habit of just taking <laughs> bios and accomplishments of people, and I can just make it sound like the most epic introduction. But I do appreciate that, brother. It is humbling to hear that those skills are very, very great for oh, interviewing yeah. people like you, my friend. <laughs> Hey, thanks. <laughs> so, so how are you feeling today, brother? How, how how's everything going with you, man? Man, everything is going good. You know, it's it's been uh, fun just in quarantine. I'm very much like a homebody, so I've been doing a lot of my editing just at home. So I've been very much enjoying enjoying that. So, uh, yeah. So I've I've been enjoying it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, listen, me too. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. I've been enjoying this time, like being able to interview cool brothers like yourself and just talking to different talents and, and people all up in the business, both on the media side and in the ring, out of the ring, all that good stuff. And and like you said, man, I'm a homebody myself. So if I'm not doing podcasting, if I'm not making music, if 
I'm probably, you know, binge watching, catching up on shows or playing some yeah. Halo, 2K, whatever. <laughs> something. There something you to go, man. You I know? feel you. Yeah. Same. Man, man. So let I have this question for you to just start off, really, just off for the sure. top. Off top, just off of looking at you, my brother, you know, how often do people see you and mistake you for the likes of, dare I say, Brody Lee, you know, the Brody Lee, or dare I say, Adam Cole, baby. How actually, often do you get Actually, never. It's so funny because I get Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia all the time, but I did, <laughs> never have gotten that. I wish. I feel like I feel like Brody Lee is would be the Pokemon I would evolve into, the Charizard to my Charmander per se. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I but yeah, first time I heard that. But they're, hey, they're great looking dudes, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a curious question there because I said to myself, "Well, oh, let's uh, let's ask because you know, there's always that celebrity lookalike or that in ring talent that people are just like, "Yo, is this so and so?" And you're like. I mean, as much as I'd love to be, I mean, if it gets me in the club for free, then sure, yeah, that's exactly who I am. (laughs) You know, like by all means, you know. So I, I, you know, I I had to ask you, you know, good little icebreaker (laughs) question there for the listeners. That's always good. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, man, where do I start? Let's let's just start from something most recent, most recent that I've seen on your Twitter feed. As a matter of fact. And let's let's just jump off top and let's talk about your most recent collab project with Le Champion, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, the man behind the list, the man with the light up jack, the man of many, many accolades, the first ever undisputed champion in WWE history. All these things. That man, that guy with it's all about the bubbly. The bubbly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Chris Jericho himself. Talk about this collab project that you and Chris have done together called Entitled. <clears throat> I'm too old for this. Excuse my French, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm too old for this shit. Straight up. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, explain what what this process was like, what inspired it, and, and, and just tell the people yeah. what it's all about. Cool. So I've known uh, Jericho for since 2017, early 2017. And uh, like to kind of set up how I know Chris, like uh, I, I want to tell you this backstory about how I met him because I think it's kind of funny. Like um, he came through DDP Yoga, like the studio where uh, I, I kind of work. And because uh, DDP Yoga is half, you know, health and fitness company, but it's also half production. And the, the production team at uh, DDP Yoga does AEW's production as well. So at one point, like uh, Jericho comes in and he looks at this room and he's just like, hey, this would be a really good place to shoot like a music video. And then DDP is all like, oh, well, Nathan does music videos. He can direct it. And Jericho's like, oh, well, let me give you my number. And I was like, oh, you want to give me your number? It's like it was like a hot girl giving me the number, you know, and uh, (laughs) it was it was really fun. And then uh, we ended up doing the Judas video. And that was like right there in like the DDP yoga studio and I'm actually on fire in the background of that music video fun fact so mm-hmm. but I met I met Jericho through that through uh, the Judas video and then after we did Judas like he just really trusted me and trusted my vision for stuff so I was always his go-to guy so as far as uh the I'm too old for this shit project what kind of happened was uh uh there's this friend of Chris's named Ed Aborn and he He's uh, just like, you know, very average dad type, lives in the, like in Brandon, Florida, very, very cool guy. But 
in the 80s, he was in a heavy metal band called Siren. And uh, it was like a local metal band. And then uh, for whatever re- reason, like, you know, a lot of brands like, you know, break up in the 80s and stuff. But then you mm-hmm. fast forward 30 years later, for whatever reason, this German promoter wants to bring him to this big festival. Like he grew up with them or whatever. He really liked the band. He's like, my dream is for this band to get back together and play a massive festival. And so the... <laughs> And so Jericho's like, oh, this is crazy. You should go and start filming it. So I came down with my camera and just started uh, documenting. And then mm-hmm. it just got crazy. And then they ended up playing a, a massive, like they basically put their differences aside, reformed their teenage band as a bunch of 50-year-olds and decided to go to Germany and play this heavy metal festival at this like heavy metal purist like thing where it's just all like people who are just super into metal and stuff. So uh, it's called I'm Too Old for the Ship because, like I said, those guys are in their 50s. They haven't played metal since they were, like, teenagers. So it's it was really fun watching them try to get that childhood dream of theirs. So it's a documentary, but it's also, like, a good friendship story, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, from looking at the trailer and even just off the title, I mean, it just – it catches, captures your interest just off of top. You know what I mean? And, like, what, what – you know, like – what how fun is it really like working on documentaries in general like how fun is that process man it's fun like it's a lot of work because it's like when like uh for instance i i helped like uh one of the first docs i worked on was the resurrection and shake the snake i don't know if you've ever seen that doc or not but like i loved it i loved it yeah so i i ended up doing the assembly edit for that so what that would be would be like you go through all the footage so Mm. Like, I would just go through hours and hours and hours of footage. So it takes forever. Like, the process, like, it's, you're basically taking a whole forest and whittling down to one little, like, thing, it feels like. And, 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 uh, like, it would just be like, all right, today I'm going to go through all this footage of Jake going to the DMV and just hours of just nothing, you know? And then eventually you'll find, like, a good, like, clip and then you'll put it aside and then you just kind of keep whittling away until you have, like, all your stuff. But I love it. It's, it's very uh, therapeutic and it's like a little rock garden, you know, you just sit there and just kind of edit away and it's, it's great, especially when it uh, gets finished. So this, this project took uh, probably about a year, maybe a year or two to kind of finish from beginning to end. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're definitely looking forward to watching it in full, man, uh, because that, that looks like it'll be something hilarious and it just, you know, hopefully even turn into a real life movie from that point on off of the documentary, because that, definitely caught my attention from the trailer so let's you know i noticed when you let's talk about more with you and chris jericho's relationship man and and you know you, you spoke sure, about yeah. how you guys you know you spoke about how you guys met and how you came into the fold and we'll definitely get to ddp and ddp yoga because that's definitely what we want to talk about with you as well but you know with chris jericho now i did notice you mentioned that you were working on the judas music video with him so like Man, that was an amazing video. I actually remember showing that to a lot of coworkers and friends, man. You know, just like, hey, you guys know about Fozzie, right? Like, people I knew who were rock fans. And, you know, if they didn't know, I'd put them on to it. But, like, man, what was it like actually working on that project? Like, working on filming Judas? Because that is, like, the most over theme song right now in the <laughs> AEW fan base. I mean, right? you see, like, Dude. it's just being sung all across the way. So much to where even Sammy Guevara himself took the time to do it <laughs> as if he was a whole crowd himself. Like, how, what was that process like, man? Because that is an amazing song. So I know filming yeah, the video had to be just as fun. Uh, it was a blast. So basically, Rich Ward, he's the guitarist of Fozzie, and he uh, 
like Jericho is like, I basically kind of want to, there's a video called Garden of Eden by Guns N' Roses. And uh, Jericho is like, I kind of want to do a, a version of like, like basically an homage to this music video because I think it looks cool. And then he's like, what do you think? And I was, and we were like, uh, maybe we should add some extra stuff like in there. And then I was like, well, I can, maybe we should get like a little person. Maybe we get some like evil clowns or some balloons. I can light myself on fire. Like we could just throw a bunch of random stuff in there. And, uh, we sped it like uh, we played the song back at a uh, 50%. And so when we sped it up in post, like it gave everybody this weird frantic, like, uh, like feel to it too. So it was a fun project. And because that's all it took in the editing and it was just one shot, like I had the video done by the time like the shoot was done. And I remember Jericho was like, Hey, whenever you get that finished, no rush, just send it my way. I was like, Oh, it's already finished. So I was able to give him the video before he even left the set. And, oh. uh, yeah, so he, he watched it and he was like, "This is like I have have it saved on my phone." He's like, "This is the best video we've ever had." This he, I don't even need to see any other takes. This is the point. <laughs> he was so stoked, and he just he put he put that over and like he uh, that's the cool thing about him. Like he like that from that point on, he just like really believed in me, and so he like I'm like one of his go-to guys when it comes to like his vignettes and stuff in AEW because he like really trusts my my vision, yeah. which is like the ultimate compliment. So and you mentioned vignettes because that that is so you know such a dope art form just in professional wrestling as well. Um, so when with Jericho's vignettes, if you've been doing some of this, were you playing a part in any of the recent ones, like the ones he did with Vanguard One and everything, or was that all like a Matt Hardy kind of collaboration with Jericho, or did you did you play any part it's, in some of his recent stuff? Well, it's kind of like with the recent stuff, it's been primarily editing. Like, uh, but Jericho, like he, him and uh, Matt came up with like a whole Vanguard thing with him in the hot tub and release the hounds and stuff. But uh, (laughs) they they sent me the footage, and Jericho's like, I want you to edit this because you're going to get my humor in this. And he sent it. I was like, this is great. And so I so I edited. (laughs) that video um one video that i did with jericho that i, I really liked for aw is he did a parody of like this cody vignette where it was uh where we had like virgil and we had like yes. and all that oh stuff so God. so that was just like mine that was mine and jericho's like ideas and stuff and i yes. i told sammy i was like say say jericho's the youngest aw champion of all time and like <laughs> i was just fe- feeding people some lines but with 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 chris like you don't have to feed him anything like he's just naturally just brilliant and i remember uh there was a shot of like him like in the in his bathtub sipping like bubbly and we had all these blue lights and stuff in a bubble bath and uh-huh. and i and i remember going to his it, that was in his hotel room and i remember he was like sitting like like on, on his bed and i was like drawing him a bath and i was like i looked at him i was like man if you would have told like 13 year old nathan that he would be drawing chris jericho bubble bath he would have lost his mind he thought it was funny but yeah so i yeah i'm like involved in a lot of his uh like as far as the editing or the directing but usually it's mostly like 98 percent his ideas and yeah so yeah I, I work with him quite often on those kind of things but yeah Wow, and that and that's an amazing vignette. That definitely is uh, one of the top vignettes, man. Because I I remember watching that, and that thing went so viral with how hilarious it really was. Like again, props to you guys on such a great job editing you, that man. particular vignette, man. Because that even in history right now it just goes in like of top things Jericho has ever done. No matter what promotion he's in, that's always going to be remembered as just like yo. This guy is killing it right now. Like, yeah. and, and, and I mean, the champion, man. I mean, what can you, what more can you say about 
what's going on with that. So now what about with some of the ones we've seen recently, of course, as far as the bubbly bunch, as it's been called, like, have you done any yeah. editing with that one as well? Or how's that one been going? Not, I, I haven't took that one per se. Like the past uh, couple of weeks, I've been editing more of like, uh, like, what have I been editing? Oh, I, I've been like uh, some of like the Dark Order stuff. Like I've been doing a lot of that kind of kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but not not with the bubbly bunch. I loved who, whoever did put it together though. It was pretty fun. So <laughs> yeah, so just a bunch of stuff for the show. But yeah, it's usually if it's if it's funny or if it's like dark. Usually mm-hmm. I'm the one editing those two things. Like if it's like the Dark Order being weird and culty, then that's probably yeah. my alley. Or if it's people being stupid, then that's that's probably me. Like those are. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Those are my two favorite things. Either evil cult or mm-hmm. LOLs. You know, those are the two things I like. To yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you're watching, as you're listening, whichever one you're doing, maybe you're doing both. You know now the face behind the humor, behind the darkness of the dark order. So even uh, so, that means even with the exalted one, I take it you've done some of those vignettes, uh, the editing on some of those as well recently. Uh, yeah, so I remember, like, uh, when, like, me, like, there's, there's a whole team in Nashville that also edits, there's, so there's, like, a, it's DDP Yoga, and there's, like, another separate team in Nashville that puts everything together, and, uh, so, basically, what we did is we, we filmed stuff with the Exalted One, and just sent it to Nashville, and they edited it together, and then we played it on the show. Sometimes we'll, like, edit, like, the day, or we'll shoot something for the show, the day of the mm-hmm. show, so that's, like, what a lot of it is. It's just like shoot it, edit it really fast, get it to the truck, get it on TV kind of thing. And but yeah, we uh yeah, we did a lot of the stuff with the exalted one, even if it's like not a like I shot the first like two or three, like with the stake and everything when he was yelling at people. So we we shot that. Uh or I sh- I shot that one and that was really fun. And also, just so you guys know, if you saw the stake vignette. By the exalted Uh-oh. one. I want to let you know that that was the greatest steak I have ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> we had, we made six of them, and then they were like, "Hey, we have like an extra one if you want it." I was like, "Sure." I went home and I ate that thing. Man, that was I still think about it. It's <laughs> I, it's hard for me to watch that vignette and just not have my mouth watering because that steak was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Especially when it was just like, wait, you don't even get to eat before I eat. It's just like, wait a minute, like. Such a waste of steak there. It was just like, oh, man. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, when you see a perfectly great-tasting steak like that, just go to waste. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, that could have been in my belly right now. Yeah. <laughs> man. So, uh, you know, let's let's really talk about the art of the vignette, man. Because me, myself, I've always, in my fandom of pro wrestling, man, I've always appreciated and loved and admired the art of the vignette, man. Because it always did a great job of either getting you hyped for a return of a certain superstar or getting you hyped for the debut of a certain superstar that you yeah. probably want to know about. Um, even for the most part, just in promos in general, I mean, I think about The Rock and John Cena's promos and, like, how The Rock was filming, like, cutting promos on John Cena and literally, like, <laughs> he's sitting in Boston and he's just, like, doing, and you're just sitting there and you're like, man, all these different vignettes, man, like, the fact that so much goes into that. Like, talk about that as an editor. What is that process just like both between filming and then, of course, doing what you do and editing it as well? Yeah, I, when I'm when I'm shooting, I, I'm usually editing it in my head and everything. Like, 
um, especially for vignettes. And we like doing like the pre-match like hype video stuff, like before like a pay-per-view match or whatever. Those are really fun to edit too, because it's just like, oh right, like when I, you know, when I was a kid and I was into editing, I would take like, you know, all, all the clips of my favorite wrestlers and just make highlight videos. So I'm basically doing the same thing I did as a teenager. It's just yes. I'm doing it for TV, and it's awesome. And it's just like, uh, yeah. So basically, just the process is just kind of like, all right, what what is the kind of feel I want to get across? And I'm trying to hit like everybody's kind of like emotion. I'm like, all right, I want to get them to laugh. I want to get them to hate this guy get heat on like the heel and make the baby face like look so good you know it's just like you're just trying to there is there's an art much like the psychology the psychology of wrestling itself i believe that there's psychology goes into the filmmaking aspect of professional wrestling as well and uh and that's and that's always a challenge and it's always something that i really like doing so but yeah i'll just think of like like when i when i'm shooting like a vignette like i just uh shot this uh thing with luther for instance mm-hmm. and like he just and he just sent me like a, a clip on his phone and then i was just like man i really like what he said so it feels evil so i want to get i want to find a track that fits that i want to add these like like a subtle heartbeat i want to do overlays where i'm going to like like i just like make whatever out of it and so it's just it's just a big blank canvas and it's it's just really fun and uh, i just really enjoy the storytelling and i think storytelling and professional wrestling is something that when done right can be incredible and i feel like a lot of time people don't uh you know tell stories like they used to back in the day because you look in like uh old like older wrestling like mm-hmm. you see all these characters and we and we connect with characters i think more than we do with like cool moves because people everybody could do a canadian destroyer but you connect with like a certain character and then it's going to have a better match you know yeah. I, and i think that goes in there and that and like that's why i'm saying like a match like cody and dustin is one of the best mm-hmm. matches i've ever seen because the story was really really good and building up to that and then you have but like you uh do crazy all these crazy moves and stuff it's not going to have as much substance unless there's a good story being told with yes. the the build-up and yeah yeah I, I kind of rambled there but yeah <laughs> no 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 you're good but i see i love the dialogue like this man it, wrestling fans talking wrestling but more specifically what i love about what I do here with Life's a Botch, man, if, if you can't tell already, basically what I do is I speak to my hardcore fans, but also my casual fans. And I've, I've gotten feedback from people who probably have never watched wrestling a day in their life, but they listen to this show and they're like, man, you make me want to watch wrestling because I try to show nice. them all of what I can to show them, make it relatable to actual real life to show them like, hey, there's more than what you just see on tv like there's an art yeah. to this just like anything you know absolutely yeah yeah we had a you know we had a production guy who do, did production work with uh impact wrestling you know and he we were telling you know explaining the the style of being able to just shoot action scenes like while they're wrestling and being able to capture every facial expression every like you said every move yeah. capture the entrance you know and make the entrance look as epic as it is you know and just all kind of things mm-hmm. like that so even with what you do with editing and, and the vignettes and things of that nature like it's a beautiful thing that you know sometimes i don't know if people really appreciate it enough sometimes you know because i'll hear some of those uh internet wrestling fans probably just be like oh man this is corny you know is that what, what makes uh, you yeah. do that it's just like bro sometimes corny is actually what makes it the best like you know it just depends on what you're talking about in a certain situation so where i want to transition with you on that is let's talk about the cinematic style of matches that have been going on as of late 
yeah. what were some of your thoughts as an editor of watching, you know, if, if you got to see WrestleMania, what were your thoughts on watching the Boneyard match with how viral that went at that time when they did that with uh, Taker and Styles? And even the uh, very unique, if you want to call it a match, I enjoyed it. I don't care if people call it a match or not, but with what the theme Bray Wyatt and John Cena did, and then even Matt Hardy with all of the final deletions and 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 I'm sure the things he's going to definitely do with AEW in the future. Like, what are your thoughts on just the overall overall process of cinematic style matches? Man, I love it. Someone someone told me that there's no rules or or uh, to art, so I think wrestling is an art form. So if you want to like do something completely different and weird with it, go for it. I feel like, I think Matt Hardy is like one of the first people to start doing these cinematic, uh, like matches or whatever. And they were cool because he did that back. I guess it was the final deletion in TNA was probably the first one. And it's, and, uh, and I, I could be wrong. There could be other stuff out there that I don't know, but that's the first that I've seen of it. And like, like I loved it. It was just so different and so strange. And no matter what you felt about it, after it was over, you were talking about it, and the wrestling world was talking about it, and it was the talk of the town. And it's and it's kind of cool. And now nowadays, especially since we're doing these no arena shows and stuff, you have to find different ways of being creative. And like everything, wrestling evolves, and I think that's a really fun thing to to explore. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I I I saw the. Uh, like AJ Undertaker thing, I loved mm-hmm. it. Like, I mean, Undertaker coming on a motorcycle, Metallica blaring, just like in at night. <laughs> like, yeah, come on, that's entertaining. I don't, I'm sorry, but it's just right. good stuff. And that's that's how I feel about the Bray Wyatt like Cena thing. You know, like yeah. just yeah, I'm like just because I work for AEW doesn't mean I'm not a fan of all wrestling. So I love wrestling just in general. Like, yeah, it's not a can't it can't be us versus them. You just gotta enjoy all of it. You gotta enjoy it all, and and that's what I love. I mean, I love uh, I love the competition. I love the the fact, you know, I I am so thankful for AEW and what they have done so far within a short amount of time. How much noise they continue to make, have been making, and uh, I mean, you know, I, it, it's hard to as a wrestling fan, as a media personnel, getting to talk to people from different promotions. Like, it's hard to just be like, oh, I'm all this, all that. Like, I love every bit of what everybody's doing everybody's killing it and uh yeah man i had to ask about that because i i i agree you know I, my observation especially with seeing how viral that boneyard match went uh the cena and wyatt firefly funhouse match went I, I said to myself i was just like yeah this cinematic match style is something that really needs to be done more now than ever you know uh given mm-hmm. the fact that like you said until we know the state of what it's going to be like with a live audience again for right now why not do more matches that way? And then uh, yeah. even with talking with uh, producer Derek, shout out to producer Derek, even though his mic is muted yeah. and he is behind <laughs> the background. I also want to shout out, like well, we were just talking about the fact that even with guys like The Undertaker, you know, you, you can do so much of cinematic matches with legends too. Like even if they physically can't go in the ring the way they used to, or if they've lost mm-hmm. a step a little bit per se, like, when you have a worker like an AJ Styles who can literally do stuff in a cinematic match where it makes both people still look so good, like yeah. why not do more matches like that, man? You know, exactly. like it it just makes so much sense. And like you said, it, it just takes wrestling as a whole to a whole nother level and it evolves it, man. So I, I um, agree. I, I totally um so what I wanna do is I wanna talk uh, you know, I wanna transition and talk your relationship 
with DDP and, and working with DDP Yoga, man. We see the success behind this program. I have the app. I've used the app so many times and I love it. Nice. Uh, I mean, Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, DDP, shout out to you, brother. You are working so much wonder. Would love to have you on the show where we can talk more about it. You know, so, hey, call your boy, DDP. Call your boy. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Let's talk about the DDP yoga app, man. We can even do some live yoga if we need to. <laughs> Whatever. But no, nah, man, like, I mean, let's, let's talk about, like, what was your relationship like? Like, how did you guys connect? How did you come about every bit of what you've been doing with DDP and DDP yoga? Yes. So uh, Dallas was kind of like my uh, intro to the uh, wrestling world. So essentially, like, I grew up massive wrestling fan. Like, I just I just loved it. It was just my favorite thing ever. My whole life always has been, still is today. And uh, so I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, when I, I was uh, 19 years old to pursue filmmaking. And uh and and so I was there about two years or so, and I and I was getting a little bit of jobs, but I wasn't really making a good living, and I was just really struggling. I was like, man, I really need to get like a full time gig or something. And then one of my roommates hit me up, and she was saying like, hey, are you still a uh, like an editor? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm still an editor. And she was like, are you still a fan of pro wrestling? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, cool. I actually got a job with. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, that he put an ad on Craigslist, and I got this job, and we're looking to hire someone else. And I was like, "Are you serious? Like Diamond Dallas Page, like the wrestler?" And they're yeah. like, "Yeah." And so they're like, "Do you want to come up for an interview?" I was like, "Sure." And I, I go up to, for the interview, and uh -huh. I'm uh, I'm at Dallas's house, and I'm kind of just like low key marking out because I'm like I said, I'm I'm a fan at heart still, yeah, but like uh, especially at this time now now I'm like I'm they're just he's just like he's like an uncle to me now <laughs> like I I, yeah. I love him. But at the time, man, I, I remember like uh, w like I knocked on the door of Dallas's house and Scott Hall opened the door and I was just like, I was like, yo, you're Scott Hall. <laughs> and then like Scott was there and then I met uh, Jake because Jake was there too. And I was like, hey, I'm, my name is Nathan. I'm going to be going to be working here because we were working out of Dallas's house for a long time before he got the actual performance center. So yes. uh, so yeah, I, I would spend most of my time at Dallas's house editing. And then that was that I was there to kind of help document the resurrection of Jake the Snake while also kind of making, you know, marketing videos for DDP Yoga and whatever else Dallas needs video for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I showed them some of my stuff and they're like, yeah, we, we, uh, we like him. We want you to, like, we want to hire you. And so I ended up, uh, working and then I met, uh, like when I first went, to, I don't know if you remember the resurrection, the Jake the Snake, where there was a scene where Dallas basically, goes on vacation like he goes to costa rica and during that time is when jake started uh relapsing so yeah. i started i started showing up about the time when scott and jake were already living there jake scott must have been there for like two months jake had been there for a few months and this was mm -hmm. around the time jake started struggling with slipping up and uh yeah i remember like dallas came back from costa rica and he was so pissed at jake and i remember like dallas came back and he i remember he was just like like ripping him a new one and i remember i was trying to hand him off the, like this battery or my my one, some guy was like uh my boss steve he was filming and he wanted a battery and i was just like outside the door with a battery just w hearing Dallas just rip him a new one and i was like oh my god this guy's scary and i remember uh going to my computer and editing and him walking up to me putting his hand on my shoulder and be like what you working on kid and i was like oh god don't hit me and then, uh but then he he took me outside and then like he's like hey I, he's like i just i want to get to know you like uh He's like, tell me about yourself. We talked and everything. And he ended up just being the sweetest guy. And he's, and I like my, one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life. And 
all the good things you hear about DDP, like you, you go online, you can, you almost exclusive hear positive things. And I, I can attest that all of it's true. Like he is just a great, great man. He, he really loves people and he really helps. Like he loves helping people. That's like, that's his thing. So yeah, DDP yoga to him is like a drug because he gets to just constantly help people. So it's awesome. Man, <laughs> that is that him. is amazing. He definitely, you can tell, is a, a great guy. I mean, uh, even just it's it's ironic, really, when I think about how positive he is, and I think about how his time in WWE, you know, was like it's not a bad thing; it's a good <laughs> thing. You know, he's this guru, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, who knew, man? You were really living out your gimmick, man. Like you really are this positive guy. That's For real, like helping yeah. people out, man. Like so, who knew? He got to be exactly what it is. Because most times, you know, when people have their WWE runs like that, a gimmick they play is not really normally who they really are sometimes, you know. But, like, yeah. you, you see a guy like him doing that, and you're like, wow, you really are this positive-minded. Like, that is such a great thing. It so, is, you know, yeah. um, let's let's talk about, while we're on that subject, though, let's talk more about that resurrection of Jake the Snake, man, because... I remember when DDP was doing the promo, I remember, again, as a fan, I definitely remember, like, he was locally on 9290 Game promoting that film. He was doing, like, a promo tour with it, and he was talking about the film, which got me more yeah. excited and amped, you know, and, and I believe at that time, you know, again, even DDP Yoga was taking off even more at that mm -hmm. point, so it was kind of like a double promotion kind of deal. But how proud are you uh, from the time of, filming that documentary and, and, and editing it how proud are you of the progress especially from seeing it behind the scenes like that uh and we've seen him recently as an on-screen role on aew representing you know lance archer and things like that yeah so, you right. know and, and and people still talking about that bone chilling promo he cut and just like how just he's just a master at just being able to just sound so great in the art of promo how proud are you personally of jake snake roberts and just his progress to this day dude it's it's unbelievable like the jake that i met the day that i first walked into dallas's house and the jake that i like saw last time i was like was doing aew stuff it's it's incredible because it's just like man i've seen this guy go through literally the worst situation and and just stick it out and like he went through hell like he he really did and he uh the fact that he got sober and was able to stay sober is yeah. crazy because people had jake like on the you know like death pool list like like people were putting bets on jake being the next celebrity to die essentially like people were didn't ever expect him to get sober and clean but he he did and um just going from that and just he's jake is like such a funny dude he's such a sweet person like he has such a kind heart and uh but man he is one of the best at uh talking like on on the microphone and you forget that when you spend so much time with Jake, at, yeah. and uh, he, like I said, he becomes like a crazy uncle to you, and you, you slowly start, you slowly start, you start seeing him as like, oh, there's crazy Uncle Jake, and you stop, stop, forget, start, stop remembering uh, him being Jake the Snake Roberts, and then all of a sudden we're at, I think it was in uh, Denver, I believe is where we were at, and I, I saw Jake, and like, uh, like I was. Uh, essentially Jake's handler, making sure he got it, get, got there and everything. And I was just like, I was like, man, this is cool. I'm really excited to see you on TV. And like, I was out there filming and it was cool. Like when Jake came out and I was nervous. Cause I'm like, like, it's one thing to like watch a TV show. But then when you see like someone, you know, on, on, you know, TV with a microphone, 
you just think, oh man, I hope he does really good. Like I was nervous. And then as soon as he opened his mouth, I was just like, oh shit, I forgot this guy is like the best at this. And I was like, that was one of the best promos when he like was just cutting one on Cody. And he's like, a wise man said, never turn your back on someone that you respect or fear. And he turns his back and he throws a microphone and just leaves and never turns back to look at Cody. I was just yeah. like, wow, chef's kiss. Amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that guy, straight up legendary. And I mean, I, I I know you can tell, man, a lot of people have been in his corner. Uh, a lot of people probably said a lot of prayers for this man over the years. And I'm just happy to see that he's in. You can tell even just from cutting that bone chilling promo, he is in very good spirits, man. And again, phenomenal job on you and, and everyone who worked on that documentary because it was it was powerful. I mean, to anyone you know, whether you're a fan of the wrestling business, whether you've dealt with addiction, whatever, it was definitely a powerful message and it, and it still holds very powerful to this very day. And, uh, yeah. man, that was awesome. So let me ask you, would you, especially after working on that, are there currently any superstars that are, are you're, you're probably in works of, you know, they're sharing their story, you know, of, of addiction or, or, or just anything in general, there, what they've battled or been through currently. There's a lot of, man, like, once you start getting involved in, like, just the world of wrestling, you start getting to know people, and you hear some crazy stories, because wrestlers, they're not normal people. They're just, like, they yeah. live, like, insane lives. Yeah. And they just say, like, it's just not the craziest thing ever. So I, there's a, like, I want to do, uh, so one of my best friends is Will Russo, which is Vince Russo's son. And yeah. first of all, easiest friend to bust balls about because he's Vince Russo's son. And it's easy to make fun of him for that. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, we should do a documentary on your dad because I feel like he's such a polarizing figure. And like nobody like like no one really tells a story. And I feel like that would be a really fun subject for a documentary is covering Vince Russo and just how much how much hate that guy gets. I think he's a good, like I've met him like a few times and he's great. And it's just funny how the, people like, you know, Jim Cornette, like wants him to literally die and they have like restraining orders against him and stuff. And, yeah. and it's just, it's just nuts. So <laughs> I would really like to tell Vince Russo's story. And, uh, there, another wrestler that whose story I think is really cool that I want to tell, um, is Shannon Moore. I don't know if you know who Shannon, oh, yes, you know Shannon, Shannon Moore. Moore. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so me and uh, this guy named Dylan Freimeyer. So Dylan Freimeyer also, I, I like if you guys don't know Dylan Freimeyer, he he was he's also known as Sunny Days. He was actually in the uh, Double Nothing Battle Royal. He was the guy who yes. was wearing yellow face paint. Yes. So that so this this guy, so what a lot of people don't know about him is he is like like I will glad I will gladly take credit for a lot of stuff, but man, he he really is what puts like the road to stuff together and like the pa the video packages for Cody and Dustin, he put that together. Like he, like if, if you, if you want to make someone feel emotion or chills, mm -hmm. Dylan Freimeyer, he is like, he's the guy. He's one of the most underrated minds in wrestling. I just needed to put him over. So anyway, me and him, like, uh, like I feel like we were talking about resurrection stuff. It's like, man, I feel like I got to show Dylan a little bit more love him and Steve, you, who's uh, the president of DDP yoga genius. Yeah. So both those guys, just in case they were listening, didn't forget about you. I just wanted to make sure you guys got in there. But nevertheless, um, man, now I forgot where we're going. I was talking about Dylan. What, what did you ask me? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. You're good, brother. I mean, shout out. Shout out to everybody that's getting shout outs on the show because that's what we do on the Life Survive show. Yeah. Everybody gets their credit and everybody gets put over, baby. 
you know? Yeah, that's Every now and then, about. somebody yeah, might, you know, somebody might get a shoot here and there, but, you know, everybody most times gets put over <laughs> on the show. So, hey, no. But we were just talking that's about... That's about, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know it, sir. You know, look, man, come on now. But no, uh, now we remember, were talking about... I remember where we were going. Yeah. Yes, so, let's go ahead. I remember where we were going now. So, Dylan, um, me and him, we, we, we have a uh, wrestling promotion called Southern Honor Wrestling that's here in uh, Georgia. Yeah. A little fun fact, uh, Georgia Wrestling Promotion of the Year, as voted by uh, the people of Georgia. But, you know, that's not, not even important. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. You know, but there... So one of the uh, so Shannon Moore was some like somebody who came to our show a lot. He was like he may have been in a lot of our shows, and and we uh, just learned a lot about his story and his his battles with addiction, how he overcame and everything. And he is just such a sweet person. I feel like if like that could be a really good story to tell because I think he's like he's very underrated. I think in the world of wrestling, and I think yes. he has. Uh, I think he has a lot to offer. So people are, I feel like people are sleeping on uh, Shannon Moore. So, and I think his story is worth telling. Yeah. I agree, man. He's definitely a, a talent that was heavily underrated, played a huge part. I know Matt Hardy would put him over for sure, man. I mean, a lot yeah. of people talk about Mattitude version of Matt Hardy, you know, and, and it's like Shannon Moore played a huge part in that yeah. version. Right? version yeah, like, I can't wait for more. version two, by the way. With oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to see that in the next 10 to 15 years. Best believe that. But, uh, there you go. Yes, man. Um, but, no, I, I agree with you. Shannon Moore would be awesome uh, with, with, with what's going on, man. He he was always a very awesome talent I enjoyed to watch, man. And such a great relationship with the Hardy Boys and, and, and you know, Gregory Helms and everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. that whole Carolina connection. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've oh, always. Hey, that's, like, some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, like Jeff Hardy is my all-time number one personally. Too, so bro. I've always me too. Oh uh, yeah, too. hell yeah. yeah. I've <laughs> always been a major Jeff Hardy fan, man. I mean, it's wrestlers like him, Kane, uh, of course, r Truth, which was a, a dream come true to, to talk to that guy, man. That's and, awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, Booker T. I mean, I've, I've got so many different ones that I, I really just like. You know, my top five or top ten isn't always necessarily like the standard of most people like yeah you got your stone cold oh, yeah. and your rocks and macho yeah, mans yeah. and all oh, those yeah. but but man you gotta give props to the jeff hardys and 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 just oh, everybody yeah. out there man you know what i mean ray mysterio oh, yeah, also, yeah. man like come on come on you know oh, so good i broke so many trampolines in my in my childhood due to the hardy boys better <laughs> be them you know what i mean <laughs> man you you know how many beds i dropped off of man did swan times in the pool you know what i mean uh exactly yeah darn near, I, I swan on everything <laughs> yeah i'm telling you <laughs> me too bro like that was just that was life for me growing up man. that was that was life so Same, man. it's always a pleasure to see <laughs> that man um let's, yeah. let's 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 talk some more about um because you were talking about i want to ask you a question while we're still on the subject of documentaries real quickly what are your thoughts if you've had a chance i don't know if you've had a chance to catch you know any of it but what are your thoughts especially as an editor and someone who has been involved with a lot of documentary work what are your thoughts on dark side of the ring and especially with this season and how they've just been covering everything that was just like yeah and and let let me let me put chris jericho over so chris if you're listening if you're watching because you're one of my favorites too hey you the goat man i look i call you the goat yeah yeah let me put you over and say 
Your narrating skills, man. Is there nothing you can't do? This man's a commentator. This man's a narrator. This man is a rock star, a wrestler, a champion, like everything, man. A hockey player. Everything. You can't see that either. You know what I mean? So I, I had to put I gotta put you over, Chris, because you know I love you, man. I gotta put you over. So we want you on the show too, man. Gotta put you over. But uh um, oh, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, like, what have your thoughts been on Dark Side of the Ring as someone who does editing and works on documentaries? Man, I love it. Like, because uh, I, I watched the first season, I was really into it. But I really like the stories that they're telling with this new one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, they start off with the Chris Benoit story, which is like, that's like the untouchable subject. So I was I was curious. I was like, all right, how are they going to handle this? Because this is a very touchy thing. But I feel like the way they handled it and told the story was very well done so i was like man like they they uh got good interviews like it was edited real well like i i can't say anything but good things about it i, I really liked it i was like man this this was done so well and it and you sometimes when you uh as a filmmaker you watch other people's work and you feel like one or two things where you're just like man it's really good i gotta do better or and also <laughs> it's like man i gotta go edit right now like it yeah. It just amped me up. It made me want to tell more stories, especially in the world of wrestling. And yeah, the Ben Wallman was good. I saw the one with New Jack, and uh, I think I thought, I, I yeah, New Jack's insane. But yeah, like uh, yeah, just great stories. And I can't wait to see what else they did. How many have they released any other ones from that season yet? Or you know, I've only seen uh, those two. I think. You see, I had a little event that I was the, hosting in the brawl Tuesday all. night. Yeah. The yeah. Brawl for All, that was, uh, I would say so far my favorites have been, of course, the Chris Benoit uh, special, the New Jack one, uh, mm-hmm. the Jimmy Snooker one was really good. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't even oh, realize. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, man, you got to watch the one on Jimmy Snooker. It's going to have your mind just blown. Like, when you when you see it again, props to Chris Jericho, who also did the narrating on that one as well. Uh, you know, and and I mean, it was just... It was it was an amazing story. So check out the Jimmy Snooker one when you get a chance. Yeah, Ball for all well, definitely was great. Uh, I'm yeah. really looking forward to the season finale because that's Owen Hart. So oh, I can't really. Wait to see. Yes, I cannot uh, wait to see the season yeah. finale. Yeah, that's as gonna be. Editor, that's yeah. <laughs> as as a, as a filmmaker who loves documentaries and pro wrestling, it's just like I'm looking forward forward to those kind of things. But yeah. yeah. Yes, bro. So it's, it, I'm telling you, man, and, and I had to ask you that because, again, like you said, as a filmmaker, as an editor, as, as a man behind the scenes, like, I know you know great work when you see it, and, 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 and people have really just been praising. Now, let me ask, would you, is there a story that, you know, Dark Side of the Ring, I believe, or actually, it wasn't Dark Side of the Ring, it was actually a TWM News, actually, on Twitter. They took a question that's been kind of going viral a little bit as far as... Who would you like to see Dark Side of the Ring do a special on from a favorite past mm. storyline that you would think about? Or, you know, because as we've seen, it's, it could be from a storyline. It could be from like a lot of people have been yeah. saying Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan would be one. Uh, who would you think? Like who, who would come to I your think- mind? I think Hulk Hogan would be a really interesting character to follow because, I mean, you he's like the Babe Ruth almost of wrestling to some degree where it's just like, he is like one of the most iconic people. And then like, he's somebody that was just like the ultimate baby face, good guy. But then, then like over the past few years, he's like really fallen hard from grace for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, just, just to see like all the kind of, cause he lived through two major periods of wrestling through, you know, the eighties and through like 
the like uh, the Monday Night Wars and stuff. Yes. And then you have all the like craziness of like uh, like all the the Gawker stuff and like his whole like racist thing rant he went on and stuff that would just like said horrible things. Like it's just like there's a lot of things like uh, to kind of cover and how he was kind of blackballed from WWE. The yeah. like the one guy you never thought he would be. But then he yeah. kind of comes back and stuff, and it's. It, I think there's just a lot about him as a person that we don't really know, because everything that we know about uh, Hulk Hogan, it like when they did stories, it still kind of existed in the world of kayfabe. So I'd like to r- really know the real like Hulk Hogan, and like that story could be really cool. There's a yeah. lot. I mean, every wrestler has like um, some crazy stuff. I mean, even like. Um, essentially, the resurrection of Jake the Snake is kind of like a really long, like uh, Dark Side of the Ring to a degree. But even yeah. like Jake and Scott have good stories. Like, man, it's 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 really hard to narrow it down. I wish I would have thought about this beforehand because I would have a better answer. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's cool. Look, brother, there's so many stories. I mean, as wrestling fans, we know there's so many different stories that it's even for me. It's hard to think. Like, I'm sitting there, like, man, wh- there's so many eras to choose from. Like. Who, what would you yeah. talk about? You know, there's so much. Um, but I, I have to give props for season two because season one was cool, but I know that wasn't really my era with a lot of those. Like, I try to watch the ones on ones that weren't from my era, but mm-hmm. the ones like season two has been hitting me the most because a lot of these were eras that I was like growing up in. So I'm like, yeah, man, like I really did. I remember Chris Benoit's death and, and what I felt like yeah. at that time when that happened. I remember, you know, albeit with Jimmy Snooker, like I said, his, even though I didn't grow up in his era, you know, still in watching it, it was like, whoa, I would have never guessed the way he was, you know, still praised for so many years in WWE until, and then I see now why he's practically blackballed almost as far as like his name now. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, like it, it is so much, man, that I would love to see, but it's, it's, like you said, it's tough. So, you know, next time we have you on the show, man, we'll definitely have that brainstorm and just, you know, kind of be like, oh, yeah. yeah I'll probably say, I guarantee, like, the second, like, this ends, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I should have said this. <laughs> like, I'll think of a perfect example. I'm Listen, sure. Me, me too, brother. And that's the beauty of life, Sabaj, because that's going to happen. Sometimes with thoughts, you're going to botch them, but you'll come yeah. back and you'll make them up later. You know, we just laugh about it, you exactly. know. Um, exactly. So I want to talk to you real quick about, you know, you did mention Southern Honor of Wrestling and, of course, you know, Georgia Promotion of the Year, you know, two-two of the horn, putting them over, as we do. Um, what I love, you know, because, again, with so you, and I'm sure you can relate as a wrestling fan, it, it is so tough to watch everything wrestling-related because there's so much wrestling, especially now in, in 2020, there's so many promotions. What, to a person listening, watching, viewing, uh, what is your pitch? What would you tell them who doesn't know about Southern Honor Wrestling? How would you pitch it to them to check it out and, and want to watch what Georgia is calling the promotion of the year? So if, you, if you've been watching Dynamite over the past uh, few weeks where you've been doing the empty like uh, arena shows, you'll see a lot of like people from the, the Nightmare Factory School. A lot of the people that you see are people who wrestle at Southern Honor. So a lot of the next generation like kind of come through uh, like our our show almost. Like Austin Theory like was our champion and he just was just in WrestleMania. Like he was like he wrestled for us like uh, or he wasn't our champion but he was like one of our main guys last year and now it's like well like a year later this guy's competing at WrestleMania. So just like it, it is very much like we we looked at how Georgia is doing wrestling and we were like okay 
we could do better than this because we got sick and tired of like flea market kind of like, you know, back backwoods hillbilly like wrestling. We wanted to make it a show and we got good, good production. So we wanted it to be PWG with like, but was just in the style of the wrestling where it's just all these fans. We like draw an average of like 500 people like a show. And then we'll, we have these big screens. We have like, uh, we uh, are using uh, Fozzie's like uh, lights and smoke. Sorry, Chris. Um, he doesn't know that. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll like, like it's just some of the best indie wrestling like that there is like in Georgia, man. Like when you, if you ever saw, uh, for instance, like Jericho and Kenny Omega. I don't know if you ever saw that video where they appeared at a random indie show. And yeah. uh, so that was our show. And Jericho wanted wow. to, wanted to, yeah, so Jericho wanted to do it at Southern Honor. And I remember afterwards, he was just like, he's like, man, I haven't been in front of a crowd like of this size since I wrestled at ECW. So the fact that Jericho wow. would like want to do, make his appearance at Southern Honor because he knew he, it would get buzzed. Says, I think says a lot to the company, and I, I think we have some of the best best matches. We have such a cool look to it. Like, hey, like if you if you uh, like you can go on IWTV, like independent wrestling. I don't know if you have an account on that or not, but it's worth getting anyway. You can watch yeah. uh, if you use pro, if you use promo card code SHW, you get Come five on. days for free. So you can go binge watch all the Southern Honors. Go Come see on. the show over here. You know, there you go. See, there. See the see Kenny Omega and. Uh, Chris Jericho in our little ring in Canton, Georgia, and on, just beating man. up, beating everybody up. So everyone losing <laughs> fines. Come on, man. Shameless yeah. plug. Nothing wrong with it. You hey, know what hey, I mean? Hey, gotta get yeah, it to that's him. the thing, man. Hey, you work in <laughs> wrestling, man. You gotta, you gotta know how to like plug yourself shamelessly. Come it's on. what, what's about. Come yeah. On. Exactly. That's my own merch. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. And speaking of shameless plug, make sure you follow our sponsors at Gwinnett Nutrition, where you can get your protein shakes and your loaded teas which are very very awesome so make sure you check it out if you're in your local Gwinnett area that is Gwinnett Nutrition home to get you you know especially if you're a wrestler listening to the show I mean I know you gotta have your protein man you gotta build you gotta build you gotta make sure you get that meal replacement in there baby so if you're in the Gwinnett area which most of you guys usually are because Gwinnett is a very popping area in the Atlanta North Metro area so be sure you check out Gwinnett Nutrition. Shameless plug, like I said, hey, that's how we do it on the hey, rest of my nope. podcast, baby. You know, <laughs> man, um, wow, man. So I, and, and speaking of your time with the Indies, I want to talk about one of my favorite up and coming indie wrestlers right now. She, she is such an awesome woman, man. Um, the real mean girl, but yet looks like such a sweetheart. Miss Danny Jordan, can we talk about Danny Jordan? What, what what's your relationship like with Miss Danny, man? What, she is a, she's a very mean girl. First of all, um, she's just so <laughs> mean. Uh, now she she uh like she's like one of our uh, big draws at Southern Honor Wrestling too, which is which is fun. She's she's really good. Like, and she's she's been on AEW a few times, so. Like right. she's she's a she's a good friend of mine, and like we we work together at Southern Honor and also with that DDP Yoga and all that good stuff. Yeah. Really really good talent. Um, yeah, she's uh she's great. I think she really can't like I really love the whole like uh like she has like a burn book and everything that she's been putting people yes. in and, and everything. Yeah. But she is she is just super rad, super talented. I'm I'm excited to see where she where she goes because I think like uh just a matter of who's going to pick her up and hopefully it'll be AEW because she's been showing her face around there a lot more. 
Yeah, I agree, man. I think AEW, uh, you know, that women's division, man, it definitely needs an extra spark, man. It's, it's I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's 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 it's. I mean, like you know, and again, AEW, if you're listening, representatives, you know, I love you guys, but I will say definitely right now the the women's w, you know, the women's division there is on the rise, but not quite on the level of where some of the other promotions are with it just yet. But they do have a lot of great talent there, you know. Like I said, Britt Baker is uh definitely showcasing herself. I've I've really been more of a fan of her lately since she turned heel because now she's catching my attention even more since she went heel. Like she is embracing this heel like persona very well. Uh Danny yeah, Jordan, cool. like I said, they pick her up, you know. I mean like, you know, Nyla Rose, the champion, of course, you can't forget yeah. about that. Uh my girl Big Swole, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Monroe, can't forget about Big Swole. Like I said, there's so much great talent. I just think they just need you know some extra kick in there, man couple more personalities I, that stand out and get the fans over i agree and, uh, i agree yeah you know but yeah man like i'm really enjoying it man and danny again if you're listening we'd love to have you on the show danny i've been trying to reach out to you i've been trying to reach out to you come on I'll, come to the live podcast i'll get please. a hold of danny for you yeah <laughs> come, come on please let's get danny please we need the mean girl on I this show okay we need you right here on the Lights of Bots podcast so you can be the meanest of the mean, not just to your host, not just yeah. to your boy, Prince of Bots, but also yeah. you can bring out the burn book and you can literally just rant, just go out on everybody in that burn book if you feel like sharing it, <laughs> if you do so, please. So, Danny, please come join the show. We'd love to have you on. And, um, yeah, brother, let's see, let's see what else we can talk about. I want to know. Here's a crazy question for you. I would love to know this. What is uh because I did notice that you've been on tour with Fozzie. So what is you know, I know that it is always tours are always just interesting in general, just regardless of what genre of music you listen to. Any music tour is always an experience. What what's the craziest thing that you have experienced on tour with Fozzie? Well, it's it's funny because I've never actually like Technically, I haven't like toured with with Fozzie. I've done a lot of different tours with a lot of different bands, but I did do this thing called uh, Fozzie Across America with Fozzie. I don't know if you know what about that or not. But, I've heard about that actually. Yeah, yeah. I've heard so about that. this so this was a crazy just kind of uh, show for us. So basically, they did a show in uh, like Fort Myers, Florida, um, mm-hmm. El Paso, Texas, and then they did a show in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the same day. Like yeah. like. Like full sets, not like doing like 15 minutes, like a full hour long set, like mm. three shows, three time zones, like uh, one day. So we had to like go between like each venue on, on a private jet. So it'd be like done, private jet. They're already setting up the next thing, land, go in, play the show, get out, private jet, go to the next show, get out, play the show, <laughs> private jet. It was wow. crazy. I remember like that was that was one of the wilder things because I just remember like how exhausted I was like at the very end of it. Cause it's like, well, sometimes people get little naps on the plane, but I'm like interviewing everybody on the plane and all that good stuff. And like, uh, <laughs> I remember like just, and it just kind of shows you how crazy, uh, like hard Jericho works. Cause he just never really slept. Like I remember, um, I remember I was just crawling. I was like a, awake for like 30 hours or whatever. And, uh, like, I remember we, I was like, how long, uh, like what time do we fly in New York city tomorrow? They're like, Oh, like, like two hours. So you might even just take a 20 minute nap kind of thing. And I was like, dang. Yeah. And then I remember crawling onto the plane and I remember like, I c- 
couldn't like and i remember just jared goes walking in he's just full of energy just answering phone calls and whatever he just never gets tired so yeah um that's one of the first things i could think of like as far as like crazy stuff on tour just in general i was on tour with uh the cherry bombs which is wow. like a rock rock roll dance group that i work with um too funny not nah, maybe not funny is not the right word but as mm -hmm. far as crazy um in december i went and uh, they did a show at uh, Knotfest, which was like Slipknot's big festival that they do. And mm -hmm. it was the first time, I guess, in a, either a long time, whatever the case was, Slipknot, like, it's been a long time since they played Mexico City. So we went to Mexico City, Mexico. And uh, there was a safety hazard that some fan broke, like, the barricade, and they couldn't fix it. So they had to cancel the show, like, uh -huh. after the cherry set. So there's, like, uh, like, there's, like, 50,000 people. So... The announcer was all like, hey, uh, so anyway, Evanescence and Slipknot are not going to play. So good night. And then uh, a riot broke out. And so oh. so they went on the stage and they took Evanescence's drums and lit it on fire. And it would just became a full-blown riot. And so we had to hide at a oh. hotel. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my so, goodness. That was nuts. And uh, so that was fun. And... And I do a, a documentary series on the Cherry Bombs called Girl Gang, and you can watch the first season on uh, YouTube. Okay. So that, Come on. So, the, uh, so the riot will be a part of the second season, which is what I'm working on now. That's why it's kind of fresh in my mind, just editing yeah. about go, go, you know, going through Twitter and the news, trying to find more like footage of uh, the riot. <laughs> but that was <laughs> that was madness. So just stuff like that, man. That like tour is like. Uh, it's really fun and really laid back, but at the same time, out of nowhere, you'll get something crazy like that. That kind of happens. Oh, man. Wow, I'm still tripping off just the fact that you said they literally just set drops on fire. Like, Dude, I'm like, I, production cost on that one, boy, that's definitely... Yeah, it was <laughs> just not a good... Oh, I don't want to have a photo on my phone anywhere. I don't know if I do. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You can't really, You can't really see it. But that's like oh, a drum wow. set that's on fire. Yeah, so that was full on. Yeah, just full on riot. You can't really see it on there, but you guys get the point. Uh, <laughs> as a drummer, that hurts my soul. Oh my god. Yeah. Woo! Boy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a rock show for you, baby. It's gonna. You hey. never know what you're gonna get, man. It's real out here in these streets. So it that is. sounds like a fun time indeed. Like especially the hiding part. I mean, like really, like you're probably hiding, and then you're like laughing, like yo, did that really just happen, guys? That was yeah. awesome. Like, it's one of those know? things where it's just like you feel like we would be afraid, but I'm low key like this is exciting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but we were, but we like drove back and everything, and it was funny. Like uh, I just remember the next day, like basically it was a two day festival, and then we decided to pull out of the follow up the next day. Like we're all like, yeah, we're not gonna like go and like uh, do a, a show the next day there because it clearly is not like you know. <laughs> working out very well <laughs> you can tell by the night before so we decided to peace out so we didn't didn't go to the next day so that was fun oh wow okay okay so um what i would love to ask probably which will be probably like my final series of questions for you here uh let's talk about i'm, I'm gonna break this down in two lanes here so as the wrestling fan that you are uh, i want to know what are your top five all-time vignettes in professional yes in professional wrestling what are your top five vignettes and then okay. we're gonna say well then we'll narrow it down to aew and we'll do a top five in aew so far 
which yeah. should be a little easier given how young AEW still is. So that's, that that's... one should be easier. Um, okay. So Whew, all if, time. it's easier. We can. Yeah, you want to do all time first? You want to do that one first? Man, that's gonna be that's gonna be hard. So to do all time, like, are we are we including like promos and like uh, match hype video video packages? Oh, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It can be video packages. It can be match hype. It can be you know someone's debut. So like for example, uh, like I remember Kofi Kingston's debut vignettes, or I think about Carlito's you know uh, Caribbean oh, okay, yeah. vignettes where he's like spitting apples in people's faces randomly, like just stuff like that. So like. You know, um, you know, or even like what people say with WrestleMania 17 and how Austin versus The Rock. Dude, yes, how- I'm going with that. So Austin versus <laughs> The Rock, the, my, the uh, I think it was Lynn Biscuit my way. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it's funny because uh, Dylan, like I said, we we, uh, we had this big build for one of our Southern honors, so we were going, we're building up this big thing, and we were like, <laughs> we should literally use my way by Lynn Biscuit and just totally rip <laughs> off the 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 rock steve austin so that one for sure that's like the go, that is the that is the uh btr yeah. interval yeah but uh like so definitely that um man it's it's hard to think of uh different vignettes shit man i'd be easier just to do the AEW ones because it's it's that's a lot of different moments to pick apart in my head um i really like the uh Brian Pillman, like Steve Austin invading Brian Pillman's house vignette. Yes. Okay. That was, Great that one. Because I, I love it. I think like wrestling is, uh, it's more real than movies, but more entertainment than MMA or other sports. And so the art is when you blend that line. And I, yes. and I, at the, and given the circumstances and the time and the way the TV cut out, you're a little kid. You're like, cool. Well, Steve Austin is going to get murdered by Brian Pillman. You know, like, uh, <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed that kind of thing. I'm as much as people don't like it. I'm a big sucker for a good home invasion vignette. You know. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. So, so then, what the, about the one with uh, Triple H and Randy Orton? You know, I still, I still enjoyed that one. I thought that one was. Uh, obviously, it's not as intense or as memorable as the one previous, but I th- still think it was good. Randy Orton being thrown out a window. I mean, what's not to like about that? So, uh, so big fan of that kind of thing. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to scan my brain real fast to think of all yeah, these. Uh, and and, and yeah. I'm gonna play off with you because I got something that come to mind. So like, you got a relationship with DDP. How about the angle with DDP being the stalker? to the undertakers at the time wife sarah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i was not a fan of uh the stalker and dallas is definitely not a fan of the stalker <laughs> angle you know so wow. it, it was just like because it was just like the, it didn't make a, a lot of sense for him to do because he was like stalking the undertaker's wife and everyone know that dallas was married to like kimberly at the time and it's just like why would he already has like the most like one of the most beautiful wives ever. So like, why would he be stalking another man's wife? You know, it's just kind of yeah. I don't know. I thought I, it was I, weird. I, it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just there was just a lot about it that just felt weird. And then it there was a lot of stuff I guess that happened with Dallas just because Dallas is a WCW guy, and it didn't didn't really go well. But luckily, like Dallas's run with WWE, his first run wasn't that great. But when he started making all these appearances in the recent years, they've been good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wasn't too big of a fan, but I do like, usually, I usually do like those style of vignettes as weird and creepy or whatever as they are. Like, if people are just being really bizarre, then I'm usually super into it, <laughs> so. And 
I guess a final deletion counts. Uh, I'd final probably deletion. do that. I, yes. Yeah. So okay. I'll, I I really I really enjoyed the first uh, TNA version of that just because like it was so fresh, it was so new, and it was such a big chance. And Matt Hardy did that, even though people didn't get it. And people, well, I remember when it first happened, I was like, "This is the stupidest thing I ever got." And then as the days, <laughs> and as the week went on, I was like, "You know what? I like that." And then it, I kind of uh, started enjoying it more as it progressed. So I definitely like that. Yeah, um, man, there's just a lot of really good ones. I'm like racking my head. I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about like ECW or like all these other. Things. Yeah, yeah, there's just a yeah, lot. There's so many, man. Like you could just be choosing like all day, every day with some of these, man. And and that's why I was just like throwing it out there to pick your brain a little bit, you know, as a creator yeah. and knowing like, hey, there's got to be something that just stood out. But when in the world of wrestling, when so many of them are so iconic. I can imagine that it's tough trying to choose from a library of so many promotions. Oh, for sure. You know, like, oh my goodness. Uh, so then if we can, we, you know, we got a, a nice little list, you know, for, for the all time. Let's go yeah. ahead and just narrow it down to AEW then. And let's talk about what were your top five vignettes or promos so far for AEW? For vignettes and promos, um, vi- like... There's two like that I was involved in that I really like. So I'm gonna go ahead with uh, Jericho parodying Cody. It was one of my favorite ones that we've done. Um, there was a promo that Cody did. I think it was in Nashville, where mm-hmm. uh, like it was it was a promo on Cody, and it was just so good. And I and I even Jim Cornette was saying that was like Cody's like hard times promo, where there was a line that says like this generate or like like Chris Jericho needs this generation more than this generation needs Chris Jericho or whatever. Yeah. Like, that, that, yeah. that promo. I really like that one. Cody is just moi again. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, probably that one. Um, I'm just a huge fan of anything MGF does. Um, he has, he has some good promos. I really like after he beat Cody at revolution, we did a little uh, promo with him where he was wearing the whole, I pen Cody thing, and I really liked all his insults. They're really good. Um, really big fan of like uh, the Dark Order vignettes that we were doing and stuff. Like that one was uh, really fun. Just to kind of come up with, we did we did one like where it was basically all the stock footage, and we wanted to put it at the very end, right where they went to commercial break, and it just felt like a regular commercial. And it was like a normal pharmacy thing. And then at the very end, we just made it get weirder and darker. And then it ended up just being like a dark water commercial. And even people in the back were just like, I thought that was a real commercial up until like they started adding dark water stuff to it. And so that was really fun. Just making propaganda for the dark order. That's always great. Um, so that for sure. And I think my favorite thing that we've we've done and I didn't. I didn't shoot or edit this. This was uh, I believe this was Dylan's edit. And then Steve, uh, the president of Yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. shot with Jake and Lance Archer like they did this like uh, out in the middle of a field and they just beat up all these like indie guys and yes, stuff. Yes, I saw so that. The, so that was cool. That was Darby's yard, which was fun. And uh, so we just or they they just filmed that and I think they put that together really well. So um, yeah, so they they killed that vignette. So Steve and Dylan nailed mm-hmm. it. That's my that's my favorite one for sure. And. Yeah, there's just a lot. I we there's a lot of like I love the reveal of the exalted one, the one we did that. I thought that promo was good. Yeah, like uh, Brody, Brody Lee, be, yeah, Brody Lee being like, "You're not the first out of touch old man to not believe in me," like that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes. Just money, 
which is great. So oh, wow. big, big okay. fan of that. But there's a lot, to, there's a lot to choose from in that regard too. But those are some of my favorites that jump out at me at least. Yes, like AW man, major props on all your vignette work, man. I mean, you know, things that SCU does. You know, this town sucks. You know, just like. <laughs> Yeah, I'll kind of like shout out to them and what they do. Uh, like you said, the Dark Order stuff is great. Uh, even MJF, like, yeah, even his recent promo that I saw where, you know, he's like, <laughs> you know, hey, I'll, I'll be back at some point. You know, I know they've been missing me. You know, he's got his arm in a sling. And he's yeah. I'm just like. He's like a you know, hangnail. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just like, yeah, man, my guy, <laughs> what what can't you do that's obnoxious, he's, man? Like, I, He's I, so I good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great, man. And just, again, man, everything, like you said, the stuff with Lance Archer has been great that they've been doing. Um, you know, what what have you thought about, um, if you want to call them vignettes in a way, I mean, or doc, however you want to label them, what have you been thinking about what they just do with being the elite, you know, when they when they do the YouTube stuff, you know, like, because uh, I think about Brandy's promo that she cut one time, you know, um, when, who did she cut that on? Man? She cut, oh, um, Sean Spears when she cut that promo on Sean Spears man and like yeah. how she's just like it's like dark you know it's just like yo yeah, she yeah. went that, in and man I was like whoa yeah. so as far as like uh, being the elite and Road 2 Road 2 is like again like that's like Dylan's baby so a lot of the stuff he edits like I'll, I'll edit stuff and I'll send it to Dylan and then, and then mm-hmm. they'll I don't I forget who all puts them together but that Road 2 is really cool I love being the elite because it's kind of like how all this kind of started it was just Matt and Nick just filming uh, little travel vlogs, and then they started. It started getting more, more advanced, and then, then before you know it, like being the elite was like what uh, they build all the stories line for all in, and it's crazy. Like, everybody was investing in all these stories. It's like, oh, this is literally just built. Like this arena is full of people who followed something some guy shot on his cell phone. So yeah. it shows like you can make a lot with very little, and. There's no, there's no excuse for to not create something, and like they created something from nothing, quite literally. So I, I love watching, because uh, I was a big uh, B, BTE fan. I, I'm a big indie wrestling fan, so I loved. Um, I was a fan of the Bucks and Kenny and the Elite. So uh, watching being the Elite was cool to, from it to evolve into, uh, from where it went to it being a part that kind of carries AEW storylines, and now we've off of that came like Road Two, and uh, mm-hmm. Road Two is like. Uh, Cool. It was a cool way of telling stories and doing more background character stuff, which I I, I really enjoy the road to things. Uh, yeah. So those are just the best. All great stuff, man, and super standout. I mean, the more AEW just continues to grow as a company, man, that, that stuff there is just super standout. It's different, man. It's it's stuff yeah, we man. haven't seen before, and I I definitely enjoy uh, what the Young Bucks do, being the elite and and. The humor that's there when they do it and even some of the low-key shots that get thrown in there in there in a humorous way you know just like all that stuff that stuff is just great um also with a vignette i think i forgot or a promo i would say more so than anything john moxley's promo when he officially became a free agent and oh, dude. and he got to do where he had the dog chasing them he's trying to hop the fence and oh it's so breaks good through the wall like that- I forgot to mention how great that was. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. That was uh, Nick Mondo. Sick Nick Mondo. Uh, he's a... Uh, 
It's, which is funny because I grew up a big fan of Signic Mondo. I don't know if you're uh, if you're yeah. in the deathmatch wrestling at all or not, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been able to see a couple of it, man. I'm trying to watch more of it because I actually did like that style, that hardcore style. So I'm trying to get more into it. Yeah, yeah. I ha- well, I highly recommend watching the movie called The Trade. If you liked uh, if you like John Moxley's promo, basically, uh, Nick Mondo did this movie called The Trade, which was about the guilt that he carried from uh, raising the bar in deathmatch wrestling. And it's done very much in that kind of style, and it's really cool. So I highly recommend watching that. But yeah, that was uh, that was all him. That was 100% Mondo, and uh, what a good talent he is. So yeah, he he's just good friends with uh, Box, and they did that. He's just really good at props and making things look really big. So yeah, really cool, cool Absolutely. vignette. Man, that is awesome, Josh. Well, man, we could go literally like all day all night just because nah, you, know, you yeah. got tons of you know we're wrestling fans but then also just with the knowledge that you have man my final question actually for you would be in your experience man just from all of what you've done with working with Fozzie, chris jericho uh so many talents both indie professional you know your danny jordans your jimmy havocs <laughs> mg mjfs i mean just up-and-comers legends ddp everything what has all of that taught you this far like what is what what is something the current version of you current nathan would tell young up-and-coming nathan what what is something that you would share off of what you've learned so far with all that you've done well here's the thing and i'm a very like uh like a very big believer in chasing your dreams if you put the work in and then you you work with someone like diamond dallas page you're you're being fed positivity so i'm a pretty positive person i'd say but I, I would tell, I would say, hey, like, if there's any, and I think this goes for anybody that's listening or watching or whatever, like, if there's something that you want to do, like, if you want to be a filmmaker, be a wrestler, film wrestling, just do anything, like, there's avenues to accomplish that. And I think, like, when I was a kid, I'm like, well, I want to work in wrestling, or I, or I want to be a filmmaker, and now I get to do both, and it feels like I'm getting away with murder. It's crazy. But, but the thing is, it's like, um, it's like you only get so many laps around the sun so you only get to do like this life one time when you're dead you're dead there's no second chance you don't you don't kick out from death so it's you got to just uh pick the thing that makes your soul sing and pursue it relentlessly at all costs because i do believe that reaching your dream and goal is a lot easier than we think because if we have the passion to do it then we'll find an avenue to make it work so for me uh i i feel like i've i've done that and i'm very very happy with um those things that have uh, happened in, in life as, as far as like my dreams and being in professional wrestling, and I'm very blessed and very fortunate, but that's that's the thing I do believe. Um, you can literally accomplish anything that you want is if you really just put the work in. If you don't put the work in, it's not going to happen. So there's always people out there looking for uh, someone new to come along who, who's doing it differently or doing it better, and you just got to be at the right place at the right time. So for anybody out there, if there's something you want to do, then just go do it. There's there's no rules. You don't have to ask anybody's permission. Just stop what you're doing and pursue what it is you you love because it's uh, the best best thing you could uh, ever do is uh, accomplish that dream. Agreed, man. Wise words from a very, very great guy. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying Nathan. How have you been enjoying it? Are you enjoying this man's service? If so, make sure you follow this man. Follow this man. Check out everything that he's doing because he's doing great, amazing things. If the resume enough in the intro didn't do enough, 
to convince you to follow this man? I don't know what will. People, I don't know what will. So please make sure you give this man a follow. Real quick, man, the final thing I have for you, we have a very cool segment on the show that we like to do where we call this the two-minute promo and basically how this works. Pretty, Pretty much like the art of the promo. Only in this case, you can cut it on pretty much any and everything you see fit. You know, maybe you had a bad day today and there was just something or someone that just literally made you say, you know, I can't get this out of my head. So I'm going to cut a promo on this guy or this thing or whatever it was. Maybe you have a favorite sports team that just really hasn't done what you've been wanting them to do in their offseason. Maybe there was something, anything whatsoever that just comes right off the top of your dome. You are going to be officially timed. I'm going to time you. And literally within two minutes, you get to just cut a promo on absolutely positively any and everything that you would like in a matter of two minutes. Are you ready, Brother Nathan? I guess so. I might as well just cut a promo and uh, about Southern Honor Wrestling. Hey, we can do that. Southern Honor Wrestling it is. So without further ado, Nathan, here we go. In three, two, one, go. The thing is, if you go to all these different buildings around in the state of Georgia, all these indies, you'll see everybody in the crowd. There's no one there. It's just empty chairs. Now, this is pre-quarantine as well because no one was going to these shows because they were all too busy going to Southern Honor Wrestling. You see, Southern Honor Wrestling is the greatest promotion in the state of Georgia. The numbers do not lie. It was voted. We swept the awards. It looked like there was an error in the, in the machine because it just said Southern Honor several times because we took everything. Southern Honor is the best thing in the world. Having this Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho been in your room, I didn't think, think they have. So what you need all the way up to Canton, Georgia and sit there and see what the hype is about. Southern Honor Wrestling, the greatest wrestling in the state of Georgia and very soon the rest of the world. What it's about, we can't be touched. We cannot be stopped. And next year, we're going to do a whole thing again. Year 2020 and for the rest of of forever and wrestling out of every month. Does that work? <laughs> man, listen, you have joined an elite class. I don't even have the time. I mean, literally, man, you're sitting at one minute and nine seconds flat. You gave time back, which is a very rare thing in the art of the promo. Because oh. a lot of times, many people will just keep on going, man, because they're in a zone. And man, let me just say, that was definitely a very well-executed promo. I'm sure you just made DDP, Chris Jericho, Jake the Snake, so many people (laughs) that you know in your circle very, very proud with that promo that you just cut on Southern Honor Wrestling. So, once again, people, you already know, be sure you check out Southern Honor Wrestling. Be sure you check out AEW Wrestling if you don't already. So, yes, if you're a WWE mark, I said it. Check out AEW Wrestling. If you are a real wrestling fan, it won't matter which ones you watch. You will watch them all and love and appreciate them all, just like this guy does right here. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for this edition of the Life's a Botch podcast, where all things get botched from the lighting in my very camera to the ways that I may ask a question here or there. Nonetheless, Life's a Botch, and it ain't about how you botch. It's about acknowledging the fact that you botched and making the most of that botch because, well, life is a botch and you live it, you love it, and you accept it. Now, Brother Nathan, 
go ahead and tell the people <laughs> where they can find and follow you on all social media outlets. Sweet. Yeah, you guys can follow me at Nathan Mowry, you know, N-A-T-H-A-N-M-O-W-E-R-Y. Follow me at Kind Punk Film, K-I-N-D-P-U-N-K-F-I-L-M. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, my handles and everything. So at Nathan Mowry, at Kind Punk Film, come say hi. I'm nice. So slide into them DMs. I'll give you a high five. It's great. <laughs> well, absolutely. And you already know, this is your kid, Dwayne, a.k.a. The Prince of Botch, and you can follow us at all things Life's a Botch podcast. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe, I should say, really. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and make sure you leave those reviews five star. Let us know what you think about the hosting skills, what you think about the guests that we bring on to the show, what you think about the show as a whole, the concept. Maybe you just like the title. I don't know. Whatever you like. Whether you hate it, love it, whatever, leave those comments, subscribe, and uh, follow us again on all things Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Come join the group chat. And, uh, oh, yeah, before I forget, don't forget to go to OTSguys.com because, well, you know, there is a network that is over what we do, and OTS is definitely that network. So be sure that you follow OTS Guys as well and head to OTSguys.com. That being said, Ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for this edition of the Lights of Botch podcast. And in this moment, me and Nathan just want to let you guys know that you have officially been botched. Peace.